0: Hey folks, my name is Ike Morgan and we are Down in Alabama. Now, we're literally Down in Alabama, covering as much news as we can from Lookout Mountain to Mobile Bay. And Down in Alabama is also the name of our show.
1: We spend about three to
0: five minutes daily going over a handful of news and culture stories that are a mix of the top stories and maybe the most overlooked stories and sometimes just the most Alabama stories of the day. Now, there's not a strict definition of what the most Alabama stories of the day are, but you know them when you see them. So y'all come on by and give us a listen and bring a sense of humor because we take the news seriously, but not ourselves. The show is called Down in Alabama, and we're available wherever you listen to your podcasts. For AL.com, I'm Ben Flanagan. This is Outbreak Alabama, stories from a pandemic as the novel coronavirus wreaks havoc in Alabama and across the world. These are the stories of those seeking to survive the disease and its economic strain.
2: It's just a barber shop, right? We're not talking anything grand here, but like that encapsulates kind of America for you, right? Small business owner, and what's kind of more American than, you know, a barber shop, right? (laughs) It's like, those are the things that never go away.
0: Today, we hear from AL.com reporter, Chris Harris, who recently covered a man who reopened his barbershop in West Mobile, defying Alabama's coronavirus order.
1: I am the problem here because I'm the one that's at risk of losing my business. Every other barber in the shop, they are not responsible for anything that's happening here. It is me, 100% me, entirely me, who is wanting to, to pretty much balk at what's happening.
0: Joel Edwards runs Mike's Barbershop with his dad on Schillinger Road. He reopened the shop last Tuesday defying Governor K. Ivey's health orders and attracting the attention of local law enforcement. He was issued a cease and desist order and fined $500. The next day, prepared to be arrested, Edwards was back outside his barbershop, citing a need to reopen due to his own financial situation.
1: I have worked my entire life to build what I have, and I'm at risk of losing. I don't have any money left, and you're asking me to wait. April 17th was the day that we were supposed to open back up. Came and went. May 1st. She announced yesterday at her press conference that We might not open up because this is the peak of this disease. I can't wait another 14 days after a peak. This is affecting my business before she ever shut down. The quarantine was not the beginning of my loss. The two to three weeks prior to that, people were scared. They weren't getting haircuts. I'm out of money. I have to come back to work. And I'm not the only one. I know there are t- I'm... A- a part of the majority who is about to lose their lives, their livelihood, and we're not asking for anything, but just to let me go back to work. I don't want this handout. I don't want charity from somebody. I just want, I've worked since I was 15. I've made plenty of mistakes in my life, plenty that I regret, but the one thing that I will not regret is earning my way in life, and that's all I'm trying to do.
0: Mobile's Director of Public Safety, James Barber, then came to talk to Edwards and the other Barbers about reopening safely.
3: Let me just start by saying that I have the utmost respect for the guys that are working here and the situation that they're in. And they're not unique in that we have a lot of people that are very worried about paying the bills and they're very much in need of going back to work. And so we understand that. So my presence here today is to work with the barbershop, and work with everybody to see how we can do a phased approach to reopen our businesses, get people back to work. And I think one of the problems that we're seeing right now is that there's been a lot of promises by the government about stimulus and about small business loans, but not everybody has access to that. Not everybody's receiving that. So we do have a situation where a lot of people are in very desperate situations, Um, and we as a government have got to learn to work with them on how to resolve this issue and get people back to work. And I think we, we've come up with that solution, that we are going to work together to find a way forward so that we can begin the phased approach of getting our service industry back to work.
0: My colleague Chris Harris was there that day, shooting a Facebook Live video for AL.com and speaking with Edwards directly about what he's going through. So last week, a barbershop owner in Mobile made a little noise in Alabama. You were there. What happened?
2: All right. So um, basically, he um, this this barber. He on April twenty first, which I believe was a Tuesday. Well, actually, on the Monday before that, he 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 came out publicly and he said, "I'm opening my barber shop. I can't do this anymore. You know, I have I have a family to feed. I've got mortgages to pay. My colleagues." they have to do all the same stuff. So he opens it up. I believe he gets a bunch of customers, you know, the the type of people that are like, yeah, let's reopen the economy, those types. And um, they all came rushing in. And I suppose you could say that a lot of them were really kind of, you know, those civil, civil liberty type people Like, you know, you can't do this. We, we have to be able to, I should be able to go where I want. So those were the type of people he attracted and they were very pleasant. I met some of them, but on that first day, The cops showed up and they gave him a cease and desist letter and a $500 fine. And so I decided I would go back the next day and just see what was up. And there he was, Joel Edwards, his name, young guy, pretty trendy. If you've seen the picture of him or the video, not what I was expecting at all. But um, he says, I'm reopening because I have to. You know, It took me 10 years to build this business. And in one month, it's about to fall apart. He runs it with his dad. So he reopens. He's got bookings until the end of the week. So he's set. And then while I was there, a customer just turns up and puts $500 in his hand and is like, there you go. That's for your fine. And the guy just didn't want to be known. Nothing like that. So they did that. And then a little later, the director of public safety for Mobile came walking in, James Barber. So don't get confused. These guys are, are Barber's. (laughs) <laughs> in their profession, and he's James Barber, that would cause a little confusion. So he comes in, and he's very pleasant, and he wants to chat with them about what the next steps are, because he wants them to reopen. But he, you know, currently, it's against the state orders, you know, that it's not an essential business. But James Barber is really keen for them to, to reopen the place. And he's the former chief of police. So he knows his way around town. He's lots of people know who he is. So we had a chat with them. And, and eventually, he just kind of made them Realise that that the best thing they could do is close down, take a test, see if they can work out a way to do this safely. Because I think he told them, it was a private conversation, but I think he told them, you know, if you choose to stay open, you're going to end up with a padlock on your door and you're going to end up in court and you're going to not be able to reopen for months. So that was pretty much what happened. And in between that, you know, Joel Edwards came out a few times and and spoke to the press and told us, you know, a really, really heartfelt way about what was happening to his life. And on a personal level, it was the first time I'd spoken with somebody and I'd really begun to fully understand the trauma of having your business closed and, and starting to like, you know, hemorrhage money every month, you know, whether it's through rent, mortgage, whatever, paying people that you can't let go. And I spoke to bar owners and, you know, they're a little different. They're trying they're trying to make the best of it. They're still selling a little booze here and there, crawfish boil and whatever, and they're putting a smile on it, you know. And this is the first time where I spoke to someone and I was like, wow, this is really, this is really something. So that, that was my conversation with Joel and that was that, that day I was out there, yeah.
0: The one thing that is just really sticking out for me is what you said about the random customer coming up and putting $500 in his hand. That's pretty extraordinary.
2: It is extraordinary. And, you know, yeah, the guy, yeah, he he gave me his name and he and, I, and he said, you know, I, I'm not here to, cause he didn't know the press were going to be there. And, and he, he just said, I, I don't want my name known. I'm doing this on principle. Like, his firm belief was that this is we've completely overblown this. We've closed businesses. It should not be closed. And I think he was angry and he wanted to, um, you know, he wanted to pay Joel's fine. And that was kind of his little bit for the community. And I guess for that principled stand that Joel stood for. And and just to go back to James Barber, when he was in there, when he gave us an interview, he said, Joel Edwards who runs the barbershop with his dad, Mike, he's a voice of America right now. That's what James Barber said. And I think people felt that. And I think that's one of the reasons why that guy brought the $500. And I think people were moved by his story. And, you know, it's just a barbershop, right? We're not talking anything grand here, but like, that encapsulates kind of America for you, right? Small business owner. And what's kind of more American than, you know, a barbershop, right? (laughs) It's like those are the things that never go away. You know, they're always going to be there. And there's this guy there, this patriot. So, you know, in terms of a story, it had all the all the makings of something really amazing. And I think you saw that all play out on that Tuesday when I went there.
0: The dilemma here, as you put it in your story, is weighing the consequences of restarting stalled economies with the possibility that doing so will infect and kill more people. How much do you think that weighs on Edwards and others at his shop?
2: He did speak a little bit about that because I asked him if he felt, you know, maybe he could innovate a little bit and maybe take his, uh, you know, his barbershop kit on the road, you know, go to people's homes because that's up to them. If they want you in their home, that's that's up to them. And he said no, because that would defeat the purpose of all this. Like suddenly I'm going into people's homes, then I'm going to ne- another person. So he might be in 10 homes a day. You you know, he might be spreading coronavirus. Right. He said, but, but you know what's great? people can come into my barber shop. I'll wear gloves, I'll wear a mask, I'll disinfect after every single cut. And the chairs were six feet apart. I mean, the things he was saying, they were they were pretty reasonable. What he said made sense. You know, like, he's right. Why would he go into other people's homes when he can do it here? And he really think, he doesn't believe that he is going to hurt anybody or infect anybody. And he's willing to take all the necessary precautions. And James Barber wants to help him do that. But when you talk about the mood of you know like you said weighing the the option of reopening your uh, your barbershop with the fact that you might infect somebody those health concerns those are becoming more and more kind of in the distant like it was before it was about like let's make sure no one gets sick but now that we've done this for nearly two months that weighing of the options is now being weighted in favor of reopening because people are tired of it now and they're they don't want to see their neighbors businesses uh, you know go away and they don't want to see their friends businesses shut down and things like that so i think that joel was maybe one of the first people to kind of blink first, if you know what I mean, and make a fuss about this. Cause I think he understands that the 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 weight is now in his favor. People want to get back to work. And I think he's um he's become the face of that certainly on Mobile.
0: Well and on the other side of that, Chris, people wanting to get back to work. Edwards said his decision to reopen resulted in him and others being threatened on social media. They even canceled their remaining appointments because they received death
2: threats. Is that right? That is right. So uh, one of Joel's fellow Barbers, he's a guy, his name's Justin Bouchard, and he received threats on social media, death threats, and also threats were made in his name against the Mobile Police Department. And I don't know the details of those threats, but James Barber said that they were real and they were being investigated. So Justin was the one that cancelled all of his appointments. He was still at the barber shop, but he cancelled all of his appointments. Oh, actually I do remember what somebody said. They said that they would shoot any police officer that came through the door. And James Barber called Justin and, you know, informed him that threats had been made in his name. And um, you know, Justin told me, he said, "Well, you know, I used to be a military police officer and I've applied to be in the mobile police department. Why would I you know, threaten a police officer. That's just not something I would do, having being in law enforcement himself. So that was the threat that was made against him. They all were carrying a, a pistol on their hip that day, um, open carry, I believe it's called, just to be cautious, I suppose. But nothing like that happened. But honestly, before I think even 10 o'clock, they had decided to close after speaking with the director of public safety. But certainly, yeah, I mean, it's a dangerous time because... People on both sides of this debate are are passionate, you know, and I don't always think that it's people with health concerns in mind. I think what we're dealing with here, and this is just what I see on the ground, I think we're seeing ideologies play out rather than people with genuine concerns about health or um, the state of the economy and things like that. Which is kind of, it seems like they're 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 thinly veiling their ideologies with those health and economic concerns and i think really a lot of it is actually somewhat political or ideological um so it's really interesting to see that play out but uh that's mostly the arguments i see online so uh yeah they they they, they took precautions and um but but as of now they're closed Um, And I'm not sure when they'll open up. They're hoping May 1st. I think that's a a date that a lot of people have in their pocket right now, thinking that life might start to go back to normal on that day. But we don't know that. The governor hasn't said anything about May 1st, I don't believe.
0: Do you see other businesses in Mobile following suit? I mean, you mentioned earlier, someone said this shop and Edwards sort of reflect America in terms of businesses that are struggling, small businesses that want to get the economy back up and running so that they can survive economically and so that they can have their livelihoods back. But did you sense that this might stir other businesses in Mobile? Is there kind of a solidarity that you sense since you went to report there?
2: Yes, solidarity from other business owners and solidarity from the public. And Joel agreed to close the place. And he's got his fingers crossed for this May 1st date. But when May 1st comes and goes and there's no reopening, I think that we might start to see people like Joel and maybe Joel himself. I don't really know. But like they might just say, all right, well, May 1st came and went. And, and, you know, and I'm angry again and I want to get reopened. And I just think that. The solidarity that's been created from from when he initially opened could carry through past May first, and I think we might see other businesses wanting to open. I know that there's a furniture store here in Mobile, uh, sorry, a mattress store, and he reopened because he kind of decided that where it mentioned furniture stores and things, he felt like that didn't apply to him because he specifically sold mattresses. So he reopened. The police came to close him down, and he had a copy of the governor's order, and he said, "Look, I'm not." In this, I wanna reopen, and they let him reopen actually, so he's back open the guy that owns the the mattress store, so I think you'll start seeing people take a close look at the governor's order to see where they can maybe fit in and get reopened again and i I do I really truly think that we'll see more businesses sort of banging the drum after May first of like what's going on this is what people keep doing, they keep saying look at the numbers, and you know Mobile County has been hit pretty hard relatively speaking, but people will turn around and they'll say well only 12% of our about 800 people have got sick have been hospitalised and only 5% of that 800 have died, now those numbers are huge, right, I mean if that was a hurricane that came through and killed 35 people, we'd be horrified, right but um, those are the kind of Terms that people like to talk about this in percentages, and they're saying five percent. Like I think we need to reopen the economy, and that's a lot of what you're hearing. So keep an eye on May first um, and see what happens after. That's what I would be doing.
0: We'll keep an eye on May first, and we'll keep an eye on your coverage, Chris. Thanks again, and keep up the great work. Thank you so much.
1: We come to the conclusion that we're gonna we're gonna do this for the betterment of the entire shop because there's. I want people to think that I'm backing down because I still believe what I'm doing is right. Yeah. But for the sake of my family, my dad, my fellow barbers, this is the only solution that I've been left with because at this point, no, we don't know that we're going to open up on May 1st. No, we don't have any kind of guarantee that she's going to even comply with what we're asking of her. But the other option is We disagree. And then, unfortunately, from there, the police chief's hand is forced. He doesn't want to because he is he is sympathetic to our to our cause. But if if we if we go against it, then then the civil action term is criminal. He he would have to post a police officer at the door, padlock the door, and it goes from possibly being another week without business to a month and a half. And I know there's a ton of people that have given us support and asking to financially support us. But I'm not going to ask somebody to financially support me for another month and a half because that's how long it would take before I could even get a court date. And, and I don't—I'm not going to put my family through that because it wouldn't just be me. Even though I'm the one that is headstrong and wants to go back to work more than anything in the world, I'm not going—I'm not going to let my dad, who's worked his entire life, lose everything because I'm a hard-headed asshole. Did
2: you?
0: On Tuesday, Alabama Governor Kay Ivey announced plans to reopen parts of Alabama's economy, a plan that will be in place through May 15th. But this phase does not include barbershops shops or hair salons. If you or anyone else you know is affected by coronavirus and want to share your story, please email bflanagan at al.com. That's B-F-L-A-N-A-G-A-N at al.com. For all of our coverage on the outbreak and how it continues to impact Alabama, visit al.com slash coronavirus. If you like the show, please rate us and write a review.
2: Thanks for listening.